Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I fact check and investigate things that have been said on the Joe Rogan experience in casual conversations. Today I'll be looking at episode 1763 with General H.R. McMaster. In this episode they mostly talk about China and Rogan says that most of our medicine here in America actually comes from China. This has kind of been making the rounds on the internet. The statistic you'll see people say is that 80% of our medicine comes from China, but this isn't actually true. This comes from another weird source rabbit hole. It started when Politico wrote an article where they said, quote, in all, 80% of the U.S. supply of antibiotics are made in China. This seems to be the first time this showed up on the internet. And Politico said this came from a press release from Senator Chuck Grassley. Chuck Grassley is from Iowa. And in that press release, he wrote, quote, Unbeknownst to many consumers, 80% of active pharmaceutical ingredients are produced abroad, the majority in China and India. So he didn't even say that it all came from China in that press release. So then where did he get this? He says this comes from a 2016 Government Accountability Office report, which itself cited FDA data on pharmaceutical manufacturers. So that report says, quote, nearly 40% of finished drugs and approximately 80% of active pharmaceutical ingredients aka API, are manufactured in registered establishments in more than 150 countries. So the FDA tracks manufacturing facilities that export drugs to America. And according to a report called Safeguarding Pharmaceutical Supply Chains in a Global Economy, 13% of these facilities are in China. For reference, 28% are in America. So somehow, through the the chain, we got from that boring FDA report that notes that some of these facilities are in China that make the active ingredients. We somehow got from there to a Fox News article that is the first thing that comes up when you look for this that is called America Too Dependent on China for Its Medicine, Experts Warn. And in that article... Fox writes, quote, In a worst-case scenario, experts warn, China could withhold supply of medicines like important antibiotics or degrade the quality of our medicines, even put lethal contaminants in them. Even when it comes to treating anthrax, China is the largest exporter of the building block to make ciprofloxin, an anthrax antidote. So as you can tell, neocons are really going all in on this. They're even trying to get people to remember anthrax. Hey, what, what about anthrax? We need the anthrax antidote. Remember 9-11? Remember anthrax? That's going to happen again, but this time with China somehow. Later on, they talk about the Capitol riot slash protest. And I think the fact that it's January made everyone suddenly remember this happening. And Rogan implies that Ted Cruz's questioning of Jill Sanborn 
is evidence that the whole thing was a false flag. They play the video of Ted Cruz asking her if the FBI was involved and her saying that she can't answer. That's her response to all his questions. Except it's not actually her response to all of his questions. They do not play the part where Ted Cruz asks, quote, Did federal agents or those in service of federal agents actively encourage violent and criminal conduct on January 6th? And she answers, Not to my knowledge, sir. So she did, in fact, directly deny it in those questionings. She didn't just say that she couldn't answer. Now, does this prove that the FBI wasn't involved? No, obviously the FBI could be lying. And if you believe in this conspiracy, I mean, that's what you're going to say, right? You're just going to say that they're lying. But you also can't use this as evidence that the FBI was involved. I don't think you can really do that. I have also yet to see Rogan or any guest really provide some sort of argument as to why the FBI would do this in the first place. Typically, when you do a false flag, you want to get something out of it, right? You want to start a war or something. But how would the FBI benefit from any of this? Trump was already out of office. This didn't do anything. It just doesn't really make sense to me why this would be a conspiracy. One thing I'd like to mention briefly is Soap AI. Soap AI. While they were discussing the classic JRE topic of where to get news, McMaster brings up something called Soap AI and says that it was a good idea. Now, what is Soap AI? Here's what it says on their website. Soap cuts through the noise to deliver timely, essential business news in context from trusted sources. AI-augmented research supercharges elite workers to do more with fewer cognitive demands. SOAP is constantly listening to your trusted sources, reading, sorting, and organizing articles to generate contextualized highlights custom-tailored to you. I would just like to say that this is not a good idea. This is, in fact, a terrible idea. There's already services where Silicon Valley AI pick news articles for you. It's called social media. I'm surprised that he seemed to endorse this. I'd also like to say that once again, Rogan and the guest discuss what should be done about the horrors of social media without once suggesting not using social media as a potential solution. That is apparently off the table uh, as far as they're concerned. When they get back to talking more about foreign policy... McMaster says there's no way that the 2017 Syrian chemical attacks were a false flag. He's very confident about this. He says it's impossible. There's no way. Now, first of all, I'm not one of these people on the internet who seem to just love Assad for some reason. You know, these weird, like, right-wing people who think Assad is their dad. That was kind of the thing. I'm not one of those people. And there is no hard proof that it was a false flag. However, if you look at it, it really just does not add up. Assad was winning. He was pushing them out. He was pushing the rebels out. Negotiations were going on, and America had clearly said, okay, if you use chemical weapons again, we are going to shoot missiles at you. So why would he suddenly decide after years, to start using chemical weapons again. 
It, it just does not make any sense. McMaster also brings up something Adam Curry talked about, which is the German energy grid. I guess this is just something people are interested in now, the German energy grid. He says Germany can barely keep the lights on, and gas prices are through the roof. This is only half true. Gas prices in Germany have indeed gone through the roof. According to Clean Energy Wire, gas prices are up 47%. But it is not true that there are power outages or anything like that in Germany. I think what this means is that Germany probably just doesn't have enough energy. They don't have enough oil. And they should try to invade Russia again in order to get more oil. And I think if we're going to have World War III, as McMaster seems to think we will, and he, he, that's probably what he wants, I think we should do it right. Germany versus Russia. I don't see why we have to do all this new stuff with China and America and TikTok and I get drafted and whatever. I think we should just stick with the classics. Germany and Russia. Going at it. What's wrong with that? It was fine the last two times. Also on the subject of World War III, McMaster makes the bold claim that the U.S. military is actually underfunded. Yes, this is what he says in the episode. He also says that Chinese and Russian military spending is higher than people tend to think. And this is one of the reasons he says we should increase the military budget. Now this is true to a degree. Because Russia and China have captive markets that they pretty much control... They are not spending money in the same way that America is on defense. I read an article called Why Russian Military Expenditure is Much Higher Than Commonly Understood. And they write that, quote, Russia's effective military expenditure actually ranged between $150 billion and $180 billion annually over the last five years. That figure is conservative, taking into account hidden or obfuscated military expenditure, Russia may well come in at around $200 billion. Today, when taken together, spending by Russia and China is roughly equal to U.S. defense expenditure, with Russia representing a much larger share than previously recognized. Now, I don't know exactly where they're getting this number from, but it seems like it's probably true. It is probably true that when you look at their spending, you have to bump it up a lot because they're not spending money in the same way. American military spending is at $778 billion. And so they're only saying it's close because they're combining Russia and China. Russia's at $200 billion. America's at $778 billion. But if they get to combine China and Russia, shouldn't we get to add our allies to our total? If you add India, the UK, Saudi Arabia, Germany, France, Japan, South Korea, Italy, Australia, Canada, and Israel, that's an extra $486 billion right there. That puts us way ahead of Russia and China. Us plus all of them. Those guys are all on our, our team, right? Canada better be, at the very least. Israel better pitch in too. They better not abandon us when China invades Florida. I, I would be pissed. Here's something else I think should be considered that they do not bring up. Does this really even matter since everyone has nukes? What is all of this stuff even going to be used for? 
Does McMaster really think that Russia and China are going to invade the United States? Are we going to have to invade mainland China? (laughs) Are Zoomers going to get drafted and have to storm the beaches of Taiwan? Slash Chinese Taipei. I thought everyone had kind of just accepted that World War III will be a nuclear apocalypse. Or, what's even more likely, there won't be a World War III for that exact reason. So is the military underfunded? 12.5% of the federal budget goes to the military. What would he consider an appropriate amount of funding for the military? He does not specify. 15%? 20%? Should a fifth of all tax money go to the military? Ultimately, this is a subjective question, uh, but the answer is no, it should not. In support of his foreign policy, McMaster quotes George Washington, who was the first president, if you don't know about that. And George Washington said being prepared for war was the most effective way of preserving peace. However, neocons like McMaster quote the founding fathers at their own peril. Here are some other quotes from them that I will read to you now. Permanent inveterate antipathies against particular nations and passionate attachments for others should be excluded. The nation which indulges towards another an habitual hatred or a habitual fondness is in some degree a slave. George Washington. Our detached and distant situation invites and enables us to pursue a different course. Why forego the advantages of so peculiar a situation? Why quit our own to stand upon foreign ground? George Washington. George Washington said to avoid, quote, overgrown military establishments, which under any form of government are inauspicious to liberty, and which are to be regarded as particularly hostile to Republican liberty. Here's some other people. The means of defense against foreign danger have been always the instruments of tyranny at home. Among the Romans, it was a standing maxim to excite a war whenever a revolt was apprehended. Throughout all Europe, the armies kept up under the pretext of defending have enslaved the people. James Madison. A standing military force with an overgrown executive will not long be safe companions to liberty. James Madison, and Samuel Adams called standing professional militaries nurseries of vice and the grand engine of despotism. You know, you're not going to see people like McMaster bringing up this stuff. This doesn't exactly go with the narrative. Now, in support of his foreign policy and his belief that we should reinvade Afghanistan, yes, that is what he says in the episode, In support of this, McMaster says that the Taliban shot up a maternity ward. This particular shooting is actually kind of a tricky case. The Afghan government says it was the Taliban. The Taliban says they don't know who did it. And the U.S. intelligence says it was ISIS. Nobody really knows who did it, ultimately, but it was probably ISIS. The hospital was in a mostly Shiite area that has been attacked by ISIS in the past. And the Taliban has recently kind of backed off their extreme anti-Shiite stuff. So this is one less atrocity that can be definitively attributed to the Taliban. McMaster is not going to let this get in the way of his reinvasion plans. 
Now, here are some meta comments that I have, because I found this episode to be very interesting. To me, McMaster seems like a neocon who's kind of trying to find the next big thing. Neocons used to have the War on Terror. That was their project. Their goal was to unite the country around a shared foreign enemy. They exaggerated the power of Islamic terrorists and said they were in all these countries and all that stuff. But I think he's kind of realized that people really don't care about that anymore. Nobody cares about terrorism, really. We make our own terrorists now. That's one area of manufacturing we have managed to bring back to this country. Terrorist production. The idea that the American people can be united around a shared fear of terrorism is laughable in 2022. So I think neocons are rebuilding around the idea that the new shared enemy can be China and Russia. I think that's kind of the direction Trump has caused things to go in. Kind of. McMaster more or less explicitly says this. But is this really the best way to try and unite the country? Do Americans really want to storm the beaches of Taiwan if China makes a move? Do Americans want to nuke Russia if they invade the Ukraine? I don't think this plan of his is going to work. I don't think people care that much. I certainly don't. His other plan to increase patriotism and unity is to have government work be mandatory for all citizens, like military service is in Israel. This is probably the most un-American thing I have heard, and perhaps the worst policy idea ever. Can you imagine what would happen if Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, got on TV and announced that everyone now had to do a year of federal employment or every young person must do a year of federal employment, there would be blood in the streets. I cannot even fathom how someone would be so naive as to think this would be a good idea. Say what you will about Steve Bannon. And there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot you could say about that guy, okay? But that being said, I think... Getting this guy out of the White House, kicking out McMaster, was definitely his, his finest hour. Probably the only good thing he ever did. Imagine if we were still in Afghanistan uh, because McMaster just wanted to hang out there. Anyway, that's all of the notes and comments I have on this episode. If you want to listen to bonus episodes, you can subscribe on the Patreon. It's only $2. And thank you for listening. I will see you in the next episode next week.